Blog Talk Radio. Pause I Am Radio with your host, Robert Brining, sharing stories from across the United States and around the world. To join the conversation, call 929-477-3572. That's 929-477-3572. Each week, we'll bring you our exclusive HIV scoop with Josh Robbins and your positive message from Rise Up to HIV and Kevin Maloney. Your weekly dose of hope. Pause I Am Radio. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back. Well, happy December, Brady. Welcome, welcome. Are you there, Brady? Hey, what's up, everybody? Hey, Brady. Just uh, welcome, everybody, back to Pause I Am Radio. You know, we've been uh, taking some time here and there to, to schedule some people and, you know, observing World AIDS Day. Today, uh, the day after, since, um, you know, the show falls on a Sunday, um, how was your World AIDS Day? What did you do uh, in Tennessee, Brady? Uh, well, actually, um, I did nothing in Tennessee. I am in Arkansas, um, but I celebrate oh, so you're, you're in Arkansas? World AIDS Day. I am. I am in the sticks. I am in the middle of nowhere, my little rural town I grew up in called Pocahontas. Um, uh, so if I um, if I disappear or go in and out, please don't be alarmed. Um, but I got to spend my World Eight Day um, surrounded by family and friends, and I got to celebrate the life of all of those who have done for me um, by having life that I have today, being healthy and being able to to be with my family and to enjoy a day that um, almost a decade ago when I was diagnosed with AIDS that I didn't think I would get to have. So I took my day and uh, in constant remembrance of those who came before and and appreciated the life that I have today. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, You know, I'm here in Philly, and I didn't really find much information or much events going on, so I was kind of a little disheartened. By it, um, in a way, uh, I know that there was some sort of a, an event down in Broad Street. I think in a place called Tiffany's, there's like a dinner or something that you had to be invited to. I don't really know too much, but I, I, I was kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe it's something that needs to be done. Maybe we need to start, have more events. I just feel like there should have been, for me, maybe I'm just disconnected within my own city. You know, sometimes I feel like my city doesn't even know who I, you know, who I am as an activist. You know, or, or somebody in the fight, so I'm so disconnected from what's going on within the city. I, I maybe that'll be one of my uh, New Year's resolutions to actually uh, to try to get more connected within my own city because I'm so connected online, but sometimes we forget to where where we are. Especially on World AIDS Day, you know, That's I like a great to stay local. Exactly. No, and we we kind of we do tend. Um, I know that even though it's well known that we isolate, a lot of us isolate after our diagnosis, but then um, it is such a welcomed community and to find support within our HIV community, but we still are isolated from the even bigger and broader communities that we live in and, and having to overcome that stigma and integrate HIV and let everyone understand that even if you're not HIV positive, that that HIV does affect you in a way you just don't know it. 
That's true, you know, and, I, and it was nice to see all my fellow activists online uh, participating in so many things. I saw interviews and, and, and just conversations happening that, you know, I don't see on an everyday basis on Facebook. So it was nice to see. Uh, I saw within my feeds on social media the conversation of HIV being brought up a lot more yesterday. Um, what, what were your, your feeds like? Yeah, uh, the same. I saw a lot of um, great allies um, within my community in Nashville um, posting about World AIDS Day. Even my mayor of Nashville was posting about World AIDS Day. Um, and of my feed being, you know, on the, the Speakers Bureau and being so involved with U Equals You and the Prevention Access Campaign, um, I was um, seeing a lot of the fact that Canada, the entire nation and government of Canada, signed on to the U Equals You consensus statement yesterday on World AIDS Day. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So it is, yes, it is a, a huge win, um, not just for for the Prevention Action Committee. This is a huge win for everyone living in Canada with HIV, Um and it's going to enhance lives. It's going to save lives. It's going to help tremendously reduce stigma, and hopefully, it's going to be a be a huge intake or uptake and an increase in testing. So I'm just I'm just really excited to see what the implications are going to be since the entire country of Canada has signed on to U equals U now. Yeah, that's awesome. So congrats to the the campaign. Uh... You know, moving forward, it's it's great to see so many people signing on. Um, I do also want to send out a uh, a special uh, happy birthday to my goddaughter, Brittany. She actually turned 21 years old yesterday, um, which is kind of crazy because I remember, like, sitting in church and, you know, standing up to be her godfather and holding her under my arms and at her baptism. And, and now, like, and then, like, it was her work, you know, going to school and then driving, and now she's 21 and... You know, she's just such a great, not a kid anymore. She's such a, a great woman, and I just hope that, you know, the, the choices that she makes in life make her happy. And that's the only thing that really anybody can, can hope for is that the choices we make make us happy. So I love you, Brittany, and I just wanted to say happy birthday to her because birthday. I told her that I would mention her today. <laughs> but she makes me feel old. Yes, happy birthday, Brittany. And it happens yes, in a flash, yes. doesn't it, Robert? I mean, it seems like it happens yes, it overnight. <laughs> I know, I know. The other one's already uh, 11 years old, and she just got her braces, and I'm sure she's going to be driving before I know it. They grow up so fast. But, um, you know, I guess that's kind of something that we owe those who, the trailblazers who came before us, you know, the fight that they fought, uh, some of them losing the battles, but them still fighting the fight for us before us to allow us to have the life that we have now and to, you know, kind of really appreciate, for me, my family and, and what they're worth to me. And, I don't know. It just, I don't want to get too emotional, but I just wanted to say happy birthday, Brittany. So I want to talk about today's guest because we have an awesome happy guest. Happy birthday, Brittany. Um, yes. When we first, um, when I first came back with Pause I Am after taking a little hiatus in 2016, our guest, V Strong, was one of, uh, was one of these, these activists I saw online who was uh, doing these, you know, frames on Facebook, uh, allowing you to, you know, change your Facebook uh, picture and, and putting uh, different things on it. And I remember um, them being out for World AIDS Day, and I remember seeing some of them that just said, like, HIV-positive men. I mean, there were so many different ones that he's done. Um, it really made an impact, you know, uh, you know, using his design skills to, to create these for people to, to have to 
promote activism and to, to cr- crush stigma and allow people to know that they're, they're not alone or, or that they do know somebody who's in the fight, whether they think they may or may not. You know, um, I know you actually met Z um, in person, you said, recently. Was it this year or last year? It was um, this year at USDA in Orlando. I got to meet Z. Cool. So let's go ahead and, and uh, bring just, on. Uh, it was just... No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're just coming in a little bit foggy, Brady. So I'm going to go ahead and, and um, oh. bring Z on for us. So please help me welcome Z Strong to the show. Hello, Z. Good afternoon. Can you hear me well enough? I'm sitting outside in the sunshine, so I, I want to make sure there's no interference. Oh, uh, don't rub you it in. You hear me well? <laughs> yeah, we hear you. <laughs> it's absolutely sunshine. Um, it's absolutely a gorgeous day. I just came back from a 20 mile beach ride. Just amazing, amazing. I'm yeah, still I saw, reeling. I saw your man. post. That's awesome. I'm still reeling from yesterday, not just yesterday, but this whole entire year has just been. When, when I talk about World AIDS Day being more than just one day, and it's every day to me, in the world that right. I created and what I, the world I've created and what I do, it is every day. It's part of my life every day. I, I don't think there's a day that's gone by that I haven't made frames for somebody since I started this whole campaign. And it's just incredible. It's the empire. Yesterday was, um, I don't know how to say it. I called it like a, an honoring holiday. I felt like this, I felt so good all day yesterday because it was such a positive, impactful day on social media across the board, as you mentioned. Um, yeah. It's just, I just, it's opening up. Publicly, and are you there? Yeah. Yes. Sir, yes. Okay. It's opening up publicly, and it's becoming what I say, you know, common conversation, and that's what it needs right. to take place. So I'm, I'm great. I'm like I said, I'm sitting in the sunshine. I'm waiting to hear from you guys and what you want to know and what we can talk about. I'm excited about this. So happy to be here. Well, Z, let's, oh, Z, well, let's for our viewers. Um, can you can you talk about let's let's talk about your diagnosis um, and and how that what, what transpired through that what led to your diagnosis and and began your journey. John, I don't know if we have all day. Um, <laughs> my diagnosis is it's the unique thing about my diagnosis was I thought I had throat cancer because I was having these really severe voice problems. And I was so afraid to hear that I was going to have a hole in my throat and all this. I, I had I'd gotten so panic-stricken by it that I just totally avoided any kind of medical attention. And it wasn't until I was at work and I started just melting and, I mean, losing weight rapidly. And then everybody at work was questioning me, you know, why are you using so much weight, blah, blah, blah. So I went to the emergency room. I spent six hours in the emergency room. I think it was 11 vials of blood, only to be told I was being sent home, that there was nothing wrong with me, but I was anemic. And I should go see a family doctor. I said, well, I don't have a family doctor. I'm out here in Iowa. I'm all by myself. So they referred me to a family doctor. Two weeks later, I get an appointment with him. Three hours at that doctor's appointment, five vials of blood, 
you're anemic, on your way home, stop at the pharmacy, pick up some iron tablets and uh, some vitamin B12s. You should be okay. I can't find anything wrong with you. Now, mind you, I went from 220 pounds to 113, 114 pounds. But you can't find wow. nothing wrong with me. The emergency never even weighed me. Um, then, as I was leaving his office, he said to me, you're 54 years old. Have you ever had a colonoscopy? And I said, no. And he goes, listen, he goes, at your age, you should have had one at 50. I'm going to schedule it. We'll be in touch in a couple of weeks. So two more weeks go by. So imagine I'm just rapidly declining my health-wise. I go get the colonoscopy, and I'll never forget this. The doctor's name was Dr. Feldman. And I got up to put my cell phone on the counter, and I had one of those hospital robes on, and my ass cheeks were hanging out. And I, excuse my terminology, but I, I, looked, I looked like a 90-year-old man. And he said to me, has anybody ever questioned your weight? And I said, yeah, me. I said, but nobody else seems to be worried about it. And he said to me, this is a changed everything right here. He said, you're only scheduled for a lower colonoscopy. He goes, but I'm going to do a upper. He goes, and I don't have time to play around with your health insurance company. He goes, this is on me. That was his exact word. This is on me. So, you know, I, I don't know if you all have had colonoscopies or not, but when you're done with that, you're pretty doped up. My friend comes and picks me up, coworker, drops me off at home. I go to bed. I lay in bed, goes off. I wake up at 8 o'clock at night, guys, in my bed by myself in a town. The only people I know are coworkers. All my family was in Pittsburgh. And I picked this piece of paper up in the colonoscopy, and it read Candida esophagitis. And it was highlighted in real bright green letters. And underneath it, it had a doctor's name and an uh, infectious disease specialist. It had a phone number, and it said appointment, and it had the date and time. So literally, I just picked my phone up and Googled candida esophagitis. And the first thing that popped up in highlighted blue letters was HIV, AIDS, or people with severely compromised immune systems. Wow. So that was my diagnosis. And then um, that Monday I went to see him, and he told me that I had HIV and not AIDS, but there's a difference. Turns right. out that was a lie. Turns out that that was a giant lie, but I believe it was a lie that he told to save my life. And I, I commend him because he was the greatest doctor I've experienced in this whole journey. I think he saw a very fragile, frail, Gray. I mean, I was I was walking death, and I think he thought if he told me I had AIDS, that I may not, I may have given up. And I always say the biggest lie I've ever been told saved my life. And then after that, um, this is where it gets interesting. I hope you don't mind me just going on, but this is where it gets no, interesting. no, absolutely. Um, I had had to use three weeks paid vacation from work. Um, I was a load securement safety. Uh, instructor at the largest flatbed carrier trucking company in the nation. And I had to use three weeks paid vacation because I became so ill that I couldn't work. When it was time to go back to work because I was out of vacation, I got up that morning, called my supervisor and said, I'm going to the ER. And that's what started all of this. Well, when I, throughout all that, 
after those vacations were all up and everything, and then I had ended up in a hospital for seven days, blood transfusion, test on top of test on top of test. Turns out I was not only diagnosed with AIDS, I had CMV, I had the candida esophagitis, I had MAP, and I also had, um, I'm missing one, um, PCP pneumonia. And I tried to go back to work after getting out of the hospital after seven days in a hospital because I was flat broke. And right. I was in my classroom teaching when my supervisor called me in his office. This is the honest to God's truth. And he sits me, sat me down in front of me and says, hey, so what did they find out? And I said, Jeff, I said, listen, man, I'm a man. And I'm just going to man up to my world. And I said, I was diagnosed. At that time, I thought it was HIV, you know, and I said HIV positive. And this is his words. Wow, I'm surprised. My money was on leukemia. Huh. Wow. I go back to my classroom after a five-minute discussion about what I was going to do. Five minutes later, the telephone rings. He calls me back in his office, and he says, he says to me, go home. I said, Jeff, I can't go home. I'm broke. You don't have a choice. It's mandatory. You're being placed on a 90-day medical leave. Go home. So on the 91st wow. day, on the 91st day, they terminated me because I wasn't cleared to go back to work, according to their insurance company. Um, but they didn't tell me that they terminated me. On the hundredth day of my medical leave, my doctor's office called me. They were trying to schedule a, test- a testosterone test, and it kept being denied. So I called United Healthcare and I said, "Well, what's going on with my healthcare?" And they said, "Oh, your employer cut you off." And I said, "My employer cut me off." So I called my supervisor. Oh yeah, Mike. Um, uh, this is the day and phone call I've dreaded the most, but um. We had to terminate your employment. Bing, bang, bang. Wow. Now, I was, with, I was with this company for nine years. Um, we were employee-owned as of 2012. I was fully vested. Set to retire between 65 and 67 with a minimum of $1.4 million. And then the owner, when he passes, his 51% goes to the employees. So... It could have been up to $2 million by the time I retired. Wiped all that out. Um, So, yeah, when people say to me, you don't understand, you know, you're so public about your status, but you just don't understand what there is to jeopardize. Yeah, I do. First person I ever told. The very first person I ever told. But you know what, guys? That is what's created the man in me that I am today. Absolutely. Um, I just made it. I just, I just made a decision that um, that day I'll never forget this. I, I was in the shower and I hadn't told my family what was wrong. Um, they all knew something was severely wrong. They didn't really know how bad I was. Um, and they knew I had home nursing. They knew I had a pick line and all this, but they just didn't. I, I, I told them it was they were, they were still doing tests. And then I stepped out of the shower one morning and I looked at myself and I just started bawling like a baby. And I just got a hold of myself and I looked at myself dead in the eyes. And I said, I have 
AIDS. And five minutes later, I called my daughter. And I called my parents. And then I called all my siblings. And then I went online and posted it on my Facebook page. And what was so amazing about that, from right off the get-go, in the trucking industry, I taught, I don't know how many, probably over a 1,000 students. I had 35 new men every Friday morning for three days, for, for three years. And every one of them, almost all of them, stood up. They created a thing called Z's Band of Brothers, and they were selling hard-ass stickers to benefit me. And when, when that industry and those men stood up for me and said, we've got your back, that changed everything. That's amazing. Wow. It, 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 it wiped out because I, 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 I said, wow, they are accepting me with AIDS. And when I have friends today that come to me all the time and say, you know, I've been paused 28 years and nobody knows. I don't know how you do it. And, and they are, they're miserable. And I would never live like right. that. Um, I, I, I'm so open in public because I want others to see and feel um, what I benefit. You know, I, I have a, I wouldn't change my life for nothing. I mean, look at me with my grandchildren and how active they are in my life. I mean, my God, they got their own little program going called the, the Red Ribbon Med Reminders. I mean, Luca, for a year solid, would remind, he tried to get me to play with him. So to get family members, I mean, that is how you eliminate stigma. And then this whole project, guys, um, it blossomed on an overnight win. And it is, after yesterday, um, it, and, and that's the second World AIDS Day that this project has gone through and has grown leaps and bounds. Um, we've had over 200 new members in the past 28 days. We're in over wow. 40 people. We have people from over 48 countries. I've got people in Russia. Imagine having people using your friend on their Facebook page in Russia to say, look, hit me, I'm HIV positive. That's making a difference. So amazing. So I were you completely all, I, inundated? What do you mean? With uh, with requests for frames and everything yesterday. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, it, it wasn't just yesterday. I mean, it's been for weeks. Um, it's hard right. to keep up. It's, you know, I don't know if anybody, if everybody's aware of this. One hundred percent of everything you see of mine, whether it's graphics or frames. Anything you see of mine has all been created on iPhones. No way. Every bit of it. And free apps. Think about well, it. Well, that's awesome. That is amazing. My, I know. My left arm, my left just, arm, imagine for a year laying on your back in bed with that phone up in the air going for 18 to 20 hours a day. <laughs> I can't even dress myself. My wow. left arm is so sore. But it's wow. you know it's more than just the pictures. I can't tell you. And Brady, I got to meet you, and I got to meet so many others. And if you want to know any more about this project, there's one photograph 
that just speaks volumes of what, because a lot of people, nobody's really heard my story on this yet and how where all has transpired. You know, every individual that you see a frame that I made, do you know that I communicate with each and every one? That is awesome. Through messenger friendships all over the world. And I'm going to give you an example because this meant more to me. There's a woman that we all admire, love, cherish, and she just recently passed. And if you only knew how that Elizabeth Love Fernandez touched my life over yes. simple, simple pictures. I was six weeks. She's in a hospital bed, and I would send her pictures every day, and her comments. And it just she'd tell me she goes, "I mean, you just took the ugliest day and made me smile." Oh, she danced like a, I always I always talked about her pictures because she just danced like a rock star. I, these women are feeling like magazine covers. I mean, it's it's so fantastic. I just the positive aspect of it um, because I see. Imagine this. Imagine this. I created one day a frame that I, I'm not afraid to use the word AIDS. I don't hide behind the AIDS word. In fact, if you look at my group, it's AIDS, HIV, Survivor Living Memorial, not HIV AIDS. I was diagnosed AIDS. And I don't know very many long-term survivors that didn't go through AIDS. And this group is right. built in honor of long-term survivors. And another thing that I came across was I, I learned about a, a society of women out here. I've never been more proud of that. Um, I've uncovered a, a, a community of women, and all you have to do is just go look at the photographs. And imagine that, you know, it's all public. My group is public. It's not a closed group. And I get a lot, there's a lot of my family and friends that are non-pause that are very active in my group. Um, you know, I don't know if you saw the stories I've been sharing. One a day, I give everybody their own day. And they, they send me their story and I put a picture with it. And they've just been, it's, it's just been incredible. But I have one friend of mine that I've known since childhood. He reads and comments on every story. And I mean, you can tell that his comments that he's reading it and he gets it. So it's just been, I, I, I look, I, I don't, I can't tell you where it came from or I, it just, like I said, it just happened. Um, it all started with the iPhone graphics on a bicycle. So, so, so see, let, let me ask you this. Did you do any kind of like graphic design work before? Never. I was a hairdresser for 25 years of my life. I was a colorist. I see. Um, I've always dabbled. I've always dabbled in a little bit of artwork. Right before I got diagnosed, um, I was self-teaching myself tattoo work through YouTube videos, and I bought all kinds of equipment. And it was right. I don't know. I honestly think that that diagnosed that there's tattoos and all that irritation to my skin. Because it was right after all I did. All, I did all these tattoos on my legs. And it was not long after that. And I, it just, like, overnight, I just started disintegrating. And, you know, I went from looking, you know, perfect, not perfectly, 
for five or six years, I always looked at myself knowing something was wrong. I just didn't look healthy. And honestly, I never thought that I would ever look healthy again. And I think because I'm so public with my parents and I live so stress-free about it, I've become healthy looking again. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So you said it all started with a a, a, a graphic on your bicycle. Um, What what was the first photo? Right after, what happened was um, I was online one night. Um, I don't know if we we all experienced insomnia. I always stated as laying on my bones because you couldn't get comfortable. You know, I was skin and bones. And three o'clock in the morning, I come across this friend of mine that I worked in, in a hair salon with in downtown San Francisco. Hadn't talked to her in t- over 20 years. She had just gotten off two days earlier. She had just finished the AIDS Life Cycle 545, a bicycle ride, AIDS fundraiser from San Francisco to L.A. And she just, out of nowhere, she goes, you know, she goes, I challenge you to ride with me next year. She's a nine-time finisher and a top ten fundraiser, by the way. So wow. she goes, I challenge you to ride this with me next year. And it it woke me up. That challenge is, what, is when my life changed forever. Because all of a sudden it sparked this interest in me and I started researching. My company had to buy me out from me being employee-owned, so I didn't ride this little bit of cash coming. And I walked into a bike shop with $5,000 in my pocket to buy a bike. I wanted whatever I, I wanted. I, I don't buy cheap. I like to buy once and buy good until I went in to buy that bike. And I looked at the saddle on that bike, and I go, there is no way that I, I'm going to sit on that. I can't sit in a chair at my doctor's office. I have to make, I, I, you know, I was, I, I was 113 pounds. So I bought a $1,000 bike instead of a $5,000 bike. And I, I, I said it a couple of weeks ago, it's a move I've regretted every day since because of what it's mm. become. Um, I, immediately I joined a, a Facebook group called Road Cycling VIPs and started to connect with some local cyclists. Um, and everybody shares their photographs for their rides and their mileage. So it's real inspiring, you know, to be able to come home from a 60-mile ride and post it up there. And they all know my status, you know, and find it very inspirational. So I went from being a guy that wouldn't even let you take a picture of me or take a selfie of myself because I was so, I mean, I had that look. You know, I also had wasting. So all of a sudden I'm out on A1A in South Florida taking these selfies on the beach on these long bicycle rides. And I started out, I rode five miles the first day with my tongue hanging out, gasping for air, you know, recovering from PCP pneumonia and everything else. Now I did walk. I walked for like two months. I walked with Luca for two months, my grandson. Him and I would walk. I'd push him in a little plastic car. He's the one that got me upright and moving. But um, I, I just started riding that bike, and it just inspired me to no end. And the next thing you know, on Apple had a thing on the phone where you could add lettering to your picture. Yeah, I'd just start putting things on there, you know, and just some little sayings that I would create. Because all of a sudden, people were, like, 
following me on this cycling page, like really inspired that somebody would be so open about having AIDS and, and, and they watched this transpire over three years time. I went from 113 pounds and I'm sitting here right now. I was at the doctor's on, on Tuesday. I'm 190 pounds. Now, mind you, I've only right. had, wow. my, my CD4 count was never above 143. Until Tuesday, I went and got my results, and I'm up to 278. So anyway, back to the cycling. Um, I just started being like Elizabeth Fernandez, and I'm dancing like a rock star. Because I've always had a knack for photography, and, you know, let's face it, an iPhone camera in a portrait setting I can give you professional-looking photographs in, a, in an instant. And then... I just started. I just started putting some slogans to them, and um, I started making some graphics. Um, I, I I was doing graphics for everything. I mean, you know, and just throwing it out there for everybody to use. Everything about my work was it was. I put it out there to be shared because I wanted everybody to be able to use it, and that led into um, last year. I started. I had these red background frames and I would leave I would lay all my little graphics around somebody's photograph. In fact, Donna Diamond she shared hers last week. It was one of the very first ones. And when that started, imagine getting going from getting like five to ten requests a day to where I had over seventy five messages in my messages that I had I still have never been able to read. Because I got so buried with that doing everything on a phone and doing everything through Messenger. And, you know, one of the things that's so amazing about it is I can't, I've lost track of the amount of people that have used this platform to go public with their status. I mean, look at LaDawn Tate. There, there was a time LaDawn and I were connecting. She, it, it was almost like she was putting a new selfie out there every morning just to see what I would do with it. And I would grab it. And I'd make something. And I mean, the relationship. That, back to what I said about USCA. That, there's a picture that Sean Black took. It was five minutes after I walked into that place for the first time meeting anybody with the exception of maybe one or two people locally. And he gets this photograph of me and little Beth Gonzalez connecting for the very first time. And all you have to do is look at that picture because I pride myself on this whole project because of the communication that I have with people. I mean, people like uh, Elizabeth um, Nguyen over in, like, Thailand and Grano Detox Mendez, you know, in South Africa. How about Gary Alpass? I mean, these people in their stores. And it's so funny. If you look at some of these names, imagine being able to just spell that name (laughs) on a regular basis. You know, they're not even going to be able to think of it on it. And it's just figured out. I have the one app that I do the majority of my work on. I have two accounts. They're free. I have 24,000 pictures in one, 22,000 pictures in another one. 
And it says that I've created over 60,000 images. Wow. I've created over 6,000 graphics. And they're all, I'm, I'm in a real serious jam right now because I had an iPhone 7 Plus that I started the project on, 256 gigabytes. And it's maxed out full of storage with photos, and they're all frames. 99% of the pictures are frames that I don't want to remove from the original device until I figure out what I want to do with it. So I had a GoFund account set up trying to raise money to get an iMac, and I had to use what little bit of money was raised in that to purchase another phone through AT&T so that I had something else to work off of because I had no space. So I upgraded and bought another phone, which I have two lines. Now I have this iPhone 10. And the other night, it was so full that it literally wiped out my entire photo album on my phone. And I had a, <laughs> I had a, I had a complete heart attack. And luckily, overnight, it restored itself. I mean, I've lost some things, but... The fact that the whole project is done on an iPhone speaks. I think it's one hell of an ad for for iPhone, if you ask me. Yeah. But, you know, I could sit here you know, and talk see, to you guys. About, yeah, see, you quick. know, one of, the things, one of the things that I was actually um, was thinking about, you know, the frames was what kind of really, uh, really, like, struck me as something that you were doing out there that was different that people, you know, you were, you were just everywhere. Everywhere I turned something, one of my friends had your frame or you were creating an image even for me or for the radio show, uh, or I saw images of Brady going out, you know, um, it's, it's just amazing your dedication, you know, but besides that, you said you also do have the three groups. So I do want to kind of really just mention the three groups, at least by name. Um, uh, Absolutely. In one segment. So people know what groups um, that you do run in case they want to either one connect with you or find support. So can you just mention the three groups that you do run on Facebook? I sure will. I have, the main group, which wasn't the first one, but it's it's my baby, which is the AIDS, HIV, Survivor Living Memorial, the Digital Living Quilt. And then I have My Life Living with AIDS. Oh, the Digital Quilt is a public group. My Life Living with AIDS is a closed group. And it's not closed by my request, but it's requ- it's requests from members in there. I run that group solely by myself. There's no administrators, nothing. It's all mine. And then I have a group um, that I started after I was present at a uh, seniors conference here in Fort Lauderdale where I had met Mark S. King, Bruce Richmond, Nelson Virgil, David Fawcett. And I met Anna Folks. And she stood up in the middle of Love the afternoon. They, got, she was, they were passing the, the, the mic around. And she said, I've been here all day, and I have never heard the word heterosexual mentioned one time. So that night I created my third group, which is called Heterosexual Pod. But then when I started this memorial group, the Digital Quilt, I got and making all these frames. I got so busy that I turned the heterosexual pause group over. I'm still in it. I'm still active in it, but I have a group of women administrators, and they operate that group. Um, and it's it's also private. It's, it's a closed group. 
Now, if it was up to me, I mean, you see what I do. I share everything on my main Facebook page. To me, it doesn't do any good to preach amongst the crowd. You know, we can share our work amongst each other all we want, but are we going to gain any ground by that? Yeah, we're going to help and inspire each other, but I want to I reach out to the public. I want the public to see the strangers faces. What are your um, for those for, for those of us listening, Z? What are your social media handles where they can where they can find you on on Twitter and Facebook? My um, my Instagram, if you go and look at that, um, there's over seven thousand posts in there, and it's actually a scrolling digital quilt. There's nothing in it but friends. It's absolutely stunning, and it's at Z Strong. Um, all lowercase at Z E E S T R O N G. And then my Twitter account, which I, I go in and out on Twitter. Um, that is at Z Zelnoski. Z A L N A S K Y. That's my last name. My first name is really Michael. Um, I don't hide from my name. By you know, I've been accused of it. How do you be an advocate and you don't even use your real name? The name started as a hashtag with cycling at Z Strong. And then my father hadn't spoken to me in over three years, and I just felt like I didn't want to use his last name anymore. So I went to put just Z on my Facebook page. Well, you had to have a last name. So I just put Z Strong. But if you go to my Facebook page, my name's there, you know. Right. Well, I don't think there's absolutely anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with those of us wanting, who are advocates to, to kind of want to separate our public persona from our private life. Um, so I get it. I get it personally. And um, thank you, too, real quick, um, all the work that you have done. Because, I mean, the frames that you have done for me, um, I can't tell you how many times that it has caused tears in my eyes, um, how appreciative I am of every, of the work that you're doing and, and just how inspirational, um, your story and your work is and how important it is to, for, for so many people that you have given a platform and and an opportunity to share their story and that how that helps mental health and help and helps them be more engaged with their families, with their friends, with their community. It is, it is just astronomical, and, and thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. I, I look. I it, it doesn't work without the content inside. The people that are involved in it. This is by them, for them. This is not about me. None of it is about me. It's about them. I am so proud of the people involved in this group and how they have stood up, and they're so proud. I mean. When I did that AIDS survivor thing, and I, I posted it, and I had people complaining that I didn't use their picture in the story. AIDS survivor, not HIV, AIDS. And they were complaining that their picture wasn't there. Imagine that. I'm so proud right. of that. I, I just, um, I don't know. I just, I want people to, there's no reason we should live sheltered lives and have to live, um, there was one of the stories a girl wrote that she lived in, you know, lived in secrecy as a child born with HIV. And, you know, I had to live this big secret her whole life growing up. It's not fair. I told somebody, yeah. when I'm done, there won't, when I'm done, there's not going to be a need for HIPAA laws. 
because there's not going to be you know, a reason they, for anybody to hide it. Dave, we're down to the last right. minute. I just want to thank you so much for coming on and, and really, like, opening up and sharing your story. I always wanted to know what was behind the man who made the frames, so it's good to know, um, you know, that you're a kind-hearted person with a big heart, and I think that's awesome. So thanks for coming on thank and you. spending this Sunday with us. Much appreciated. You made my day, and I, I'm honored to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you guys. Yep, you too. Yep. Yes, sir. We'll see each other soon, I'm sure, at a conference. Again, you can follow Z Strong, Z E E Strong on social media, uh, or go to ours and you can find that. Uh, Brady, um, happy Sunday. What a great show. Yes. Yeah, Z, talking to Z, when I met him at USDA, um, he is such an inspirational man, and I am proud to know him, proud to call him a friend. And, and fellow advocate in this fight, in this battle against HIV. Um, it's, it's been a good day. It's been a good day. Well, I have to say, I don't have that many. Uh, so, uh... Thanks for listening to Pause I Am Radio, your dose of hope. Connect with the show at pauseiamradio.com or on social media. And we'll see you next time.